0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always delighted to have the one and only Brian Gordon on the program. He's a longtime contributor on the program, a personal favorite, and a listener favorite. We often get feedback and questions, and he goes into the whole area of long-term care insurance, into areas that I have really not heard others out there either uh, the radio or TV, you know, part of the problem is that a lot of people talking in those forums really don't have a whole lot of experience or like, they're like consumer, you know, reporters. And, uh, um, and, and so he's really phenomenal at going into places in this industry. And when it comes to policies that others don't do. And so uh, I think that's why he's really very popular with our audience Brian, always love having you on the program. Uh, I am slowly learning your your new uh, company name, uh, which, you know, two or three years, I'll I'll be blowing and going. Um, But, uh, you know, it's Gordon Associates now. Uh, The website is uh, G A L T C I dot com. Is that right? Did I get it? Yeah, G A L T C I dot com. There we go. Brian, glad to have you on. A little bit about your uh, company and uh, including its history, which uh, to me is phenomenal, and we'll get straight into our topic.
1: Sure. So so Gordon Associates was started by my dad, Murray Gordon, uh, back in 1975, before people really knew what what long-term care planning was all about, and really back in those days, as, as we've talked about in the past, my dad worked with what was called nursing home insurance, Um, I I joined dad in 1990 and have been we've been specializing in programs in long-term care for a long time Um, my brother-in-law Peter joined us in the business as well I believe it was right around 1996 I believe it was um, give or take a year or two and uh, we, we work with financial advisors and senators of influences from coast to coast. Um, we, we try to make sure people make good decisions when it, when it comes to long-term care planning. Um, you know, I don't think that, that we've talked in the past that the insurance component is not for everybody, but everybody, if, if we intend on living long lives, we better have a plan for it and, and let our families know what that plan is for our future. And, uh, we, you know, we're, we're experts in this area. We re- represent all the major carriers in the industry. And uh, we, we take care of your clients from beginning to end. We, we work with the acquisition of the plans, answering questions over the years. And then we're also there to help them implement the claim if, if that should ever occur um, for them and their families.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's really very seamless the way you do things, which is really important when it's something that could be as stressful as long-term care insurance. Let's talk about this uh, topic, uh, you know, that your team sent to my team. I just really perked up when I saw it because this is interesting. This is uh, one of those make you think things and really make you plan things, hopefully. Long-term care costs have risen faster than inflation and Social Security. Got to tell you, I'm like, wow, faster than even inflation? How is that even possible? So so what's the new average annual increase in long-term care costs and which types of costs? Are increasing the most and even why
1: so we've we've kind of seen the space in the in the home health care arena that that's where we've seen that that increase the most, and obviously a lot of that's due to you know caregiver shortage. Um, you know people you know it, it, it's it's a tough job for people to do and with COVID there was many people that didn't even want to do that and go into people's homes and care for them just because they were worried about getting put at risk for things so so I would say you know for sure we see the, the home the home health aid costs have increased the most um, we, we're hearing numbers anywhere from like 11 to 12 and a half 13 percent we're hearing in some cases and before we, we, we did our call and, and I did this I did this with my home care agencies in Chicago, but I mean, early COVID, you know, starting in you know 2020, early 2020, um, most of my agencies were charging our clients between, I would say, around $21 an hour on the low end to maybe maybe $33 to $35 on the high end. Um, today, working with those same exact agencies, on the low end, we we are seeing they're charging about $32 an hour. And we have agencies in Chicago that are paying 40, that, that they're charging more than 45 dollars plus an hour. Um, so, so that's where we're seeing the biggest change. Um, when it comes to assisted living and, and other types of facilities, um, they, they, were, they were hovering around about four and a half to five percent increases um, for assisted living as well. Mm hmm. That's
0: uh, fascinating. Um, why do you think it is growing faster in this sector than even inflation? What is unique about
1: this sector? I just think that it's a sector that they know, uh, these people know how valuable they are, especially if they're very good caregivers, and they know what people are are willing to pay for good quality care for themselves. And let's face it, you know, years ago, these folks were being, in my opinion, a lot of them were being grossly underpaid for the services they were providing. And, And let's think about it, you know, we put ourselves in those positions I, I would be a terrible caregiver. I'm a great delegator when it comes to things, but if my with my wife or my my family expects me to take care of them, I can watch over and make sure they're taken care of well. But I, to physically actually do it, it's it, it's a tough job, and uh, we, mm-hmm. we've seen it on a personal level with family, and it's just and we've seen clients try to do it with with their loved ones, and it's it's, it's tough. Um, and, and I think that um, what I saw also at the very early on in COVID, at least in the first six months, that as these agencies were increasing their cost to, the, to their uh, to their clients, I most of the agencies that we came across were passing 100% of that increased cost um, from the client client, and they were paying the caregiver the extra, you know, six to ten dollars an hour um, to be there with with their with their clients. So we, we saw a wow. big change in that. It wasn't the agencies fattening up their pocketbooks. A lot of times it was the ones that were, you know, they're, they're making sure they have good caregivers. And, and we even saw like a couple agencies where we worked with in Chicago, how taken advantage of they were at the beginning of COVID, getting their PPE. you know things that were normally a couple dollars for them to get, all of a sudden they're charging them $30 for that same unit. So their costs increased dramatically, yeah.
0: So, what kind of gap, uh, you know, are you seeing between income and expenses when
1: it comes to long-term care? Kind of quantify it a little bit for us. So, we're you know we're seeing a, a pretty good type of gap for for a lot of people. And, and when we when we were designing policies early in my career, probably the first I would say twenty years that I was in this business. Most of our clients went with a 5% compounding inflation. And, and you fast forward to today, like like someone like my dad who bought $150 a day back in 1991, he now has over $600 a day to work with. People that are buying policies today, unfortunately, we we are not able to put that 5% compounding in a lot of people's plans. So we're doing 3%. But when we see people's incomes versus their, you know, versus what what you know what, what the true cost of care is, we we see people that maybe are, are pulling in around you know two thousand to three thousand dollars a month in some cases, but the cost of care in their areas could be anywhere from fifty five hundred dollars a month depending on what they need, all the way up to fifteen to twenty thousand a month. Depending on what type of services they need, so that gap is, is quite wider than, quite larger than it was, you know, back in the '90s and early 2000s when we were when we were writing policies, because people were able to buy more coverage, um, they can afford more coverage. But as you know, the insurance companies also got smarter and they priced these policies more realistically as well. So, yeah, so people yeah, had are reality check. Exactly. Talk
0: of- Talk about, uh, you know, so the listener, you know, first of all, there's probably a lot of listeners who can't eat, aren't even sure if there's a gap. That, but they're all probably going, man, I need to be checking. <laughs> I need to be checking what, what I have insured, you know, assured, uh, versus reality. I mean, that's, this, is, this is really important. But what kind of suggestions you have or thoughts do you have for listeners who are thinking they may ha- might have a gap? And what advice do you have for them?
1: Sure. So what I'm hoping to see is, you know, obviously that, that inflation will settle down and it will not be going as crazy it has been for the last few years when it comes to health care. Um but what but but what people really need to do is they really need to take inventory of, you know, what what their assets look like, what their income looks like, and they need to decide how much how much of their actual assets they might want to put into play if they should need care for themselves. And I think that's that's what families have to do is look at the areas that they live in. Um, talk to friends, talk to people in their community, and get a true feeling of what that cost of care might look like. And then, you know, give your, you know, have, have some hard discussions, usually with yourself, um, deciding on if this does happen to me, how how are we going to pay for that? And we need to let our families know how we're going to take care of it. So... Even when even when you buy insurance, people, as you know, are not covering 100 percent of the cost of care. So there's always going to be other assets in play if if people need you know need more income derived for themselves.
0: So a great follow-up that you know, having been doing this show now for over 20 years, I kind of figure out a little bit how my listeners think. You know, what are some good ways to you know for the listener to be able to quantify some of this. What what should they be
1: looking at to help them assess where they're at? So I think what number number one, what they should take a look at is their kind of look at themselves and their their family their own situation from a health standpoint and see kind of what's going on and, you know, what what the future potentially could bring them down the road. That that's the first thing they need to look at. The second thing they need to do is is, is really have these conversations with their families, Um, and and we're seeing a lot of clients today that some people did not have kids, Um, some people have kids, and the kids aren't very hands-on with them. So so, so we want to make sure that whoever is going to be working with that person and helping them pay for their care or figure out how to pay for it, um, that they have these discussions and knowing where that money is going to come from down the road. And I think, you know, it first starts with, um, really working with someone's financial advisor, someone really putting the, the numbers on, on, you know, put it, put it into the systems, look at different scenarios and how if, 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 if plan A happened versus plan B or C, how things would play out for me down the road. And I think that's what a lot of people need to look at to see if they're going to be able to, you know, to survive and to be able to pay it on their own um, if, the, if they should need care for themselves and also to get an idea of how long they might be able to pay for it on their own. Um, I have a client. Yesterday, we were talking. To, I was talking to the son-in-law and daughter, and we went through it. And, and And their policy is going to run out here probably in the next year to year and a half. And the family was already looking ahead. And, and they and we talked about it, they said, "Well, when 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 your when your mother-in-law runs out of money, you know, runs out of benefits in the policy, how long did the family anticipate she's going to require care?" And his comment was, to I mean, it's interesting you should ask that question to me. We talked to our advisor earlier in the week, and he said that based on her situation, she'll be able to go for another 10 years if that was the case. Um, so, so it's having a good idea of where you fall, you know, what, what it's going to do, and, you know, how, how much of your own money you want to spend at the end of the day um, if you should need care for yourself. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Brian Gordon, he is uh, phenomenal. We love having him on the show. He's with Gordon and Associates. Your website, GALTCI.com. That's GALTCI.com. Real quick, final thoughts, Brian, as we wrap it up.
1: No, as we're still in the uh, first quarter of the year, just as, as people, we, we do a lot of planning and, and, and taking care of things. Just make sure if you haven't put long-term care and, and other things onto that checklist for yourself, um, time does keep moving, and you know pe- people need to take a look at these things sooner than later um, and, and, and make sure that uh, you, you lay out plans of, of how you want things to play out um, if, if something should ever happen to you.
0: Brian Gordon, thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more of this.